That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show, and we're delighted to have you with us. Straight talk is what we do here, and I wish I could say that imperative had spread throughout the Republican Party, but alas, no, it has not. But they're doing better, in part because the GOP is at war and they're battling for their survival. Rhino Kevin McCarthy against his America First conference, battling Congressman Andy Biggs for the speakership, and Rhino Ronna McDaniel now in a fight for the chair of the Republican National Committee. Her challenger is Trump and MAGA supporter, attorney Harmeet Dillon. Dillon is an RNC committee woman for the state of California, and Harmeet, like nearly all Republicans, is upset about the RNC's role in Republican electoral defeats over three election cycles. President Trump picked Ronna to be RNC chair in 2017. The 2018 midterms were a disaster. So was 2020, of course, and the 2022 midterms, well, they fell well short of expectations and underperformed dramatically, even though the GOP did take back the House by a slim margin. The Republican Party is disappointed, to say the least, and wondering where the party leaders have been, what are they doing, and why, with all the losses and disappointments over three election cycles, does Ronna McDaniel think she deserves another term as chair of the RNC? It would, I should point out, be unprecedented. Our guest today doesn't think Ronna should be chair again. Our guest is Harmeet Dillon, running to be the new chair of the RNC. Harmeet, delighted to have you with us here, and I'm personally delighted that you are running to lead the RNC. What you're doing, Harmeet, is, in my opinion, important for the Republican Party's future and the country's. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and I feel myself as a volunteer my entire life in politics and having sat on the RNC for six years and having really seen us do worse successively in elections, even as we tell our voters that we're doing better, I felt compelled to stand up and run when I saw that um, we were looking at another term of the same leadership. And this is not a knock personality-wise. It is simply about my desire to do this to, to win elections. Well, I think that, that you, you, there couldn't be a better motive uh, to step forward and run. I, I want to speak to Ronna McDaniel because all of us know that she has failed uh, throughout her term as chair. Uh, and there is a, an implied, if not explicit, uh, arrogance in having failed miserably uh, she would expect to be uh, kept as the chair of the RNC. It's not a sinecure. Uh, it is an expression of a philosophy, an ideology, a political party that needs strong and effective and successful leadership. Uh, I, I do not understand how she could uh, be so uh, uh, self-unaware. Well, she is one of 100, well, she isn't even a member at this point because of the way we work, but 168 members of the RNC, it's a kind of a, it's kind of a unique club, if you will. It's a clubby club of insiders, some of whom have been there for decades, 
um, and some of whom, you know, view it as something that they use to get something that they want. And but the stakes are so small. Literally, people have told me in prior meetings or told other members they've changed their vote on a leadership issue because the chair, a chair, appointed them to a committee or a committee or, you know, gave them attention on a particular issue or transferred, you know, funds, resources needed for their state to their state. I mean, these are all important things, but they're also sort of the job. So, you know, sort of saying that you're entitled to another two years where we didn't win elections for six years and we aren't winning them next time, if anybody is being rational here, um, it seems irresponsible to me, quite frankly. And we are, I, I view myself as a fiduciary. I'm, a, I'm on the board of the Republican Party. And as a fiduciary in any corporation, I think you have a duty to step up and say, wait a minute, this isn't going the way we were promised. This isn't going the way it should. The right questions are not being asked. The right people are not running the show. The right outcomes are not being derived for our shareholders, our stakeholders, if you will. And so, you know, it's remarkable the amount of hostility I received from some sources as a result of standing up and saying, you know, basically the emperor, the emperor has no clothes. Excuse me. We did not win. Don't tell me that oh, you turned out four million more voters than last time. Who did they vote for? They didn't vote for Republican candidates. So how does that help us as a party? Um, you know, there's a lot of numbers that keep changing and, oh, we, we did this, we did that. We made so many phone calls. If you dig in, what you find is we hire vendors who tell us we, we had 3 million voter contacts or 2 million voter contacts. You dig into that and you find that means they left a message. They didn't actually contact somebody, but they're taking credit for a voter contact and they get paid on the basis of these so-called metrics. Now, a business person wouldn't run a business this way. But that's how it's being run. If the inmates are running the asylum, the fat cat consultants who are running the show under Ryan's previous era, and I like Ryan's, but let's face it, the same personnel are here now that were under his era. They're losing elections and they're making themselves rich. And yeah. in a corporation run well, that would not be tolerated, but it is tolerated at the RNC and it will not be tolerated under my watch. Yeah, uh, Carl Rove uh, has stepped forward as a man who it, it considers himself a spokesman uh, for the Republican National Committee for the Republican Party. Uh, he considers himself to be a modern-day James Baker. Uh, mm -hmm. He is the farthest thing from it, yet the Republican uh, leadership, uh, the rhino leadership, has embraced him as if he were. The man is wrong in 2012. He's been wrong in so many elections. It's unbelievable. And then he gets paid literally hundreds of millions of dollars to whisper in oligarchs' ears about what he knows about what's going on in the Republican Party. Uh, this is a kind of mindless nonsense that uh, the Republican Party is given to, isn't it? There's Go a ahead. sense of inertia at the RNC about supporting the current leadership for a fourth term. And if she gets a fourth term, it would be the longest serving chair in RNC history since the 1850s. So you have to ask the question, I'm asking the question, is that is that merited? Are we, are we really killing it at the box office? I don't think we are. I don't think anyone, frankly, of the thousands of Americans contacting me about this thinks we are either. But some of the reasoning I've heard to support the current leadership is she asked me first, you know, I mean, that's that's okay. That that doesn't seem like a compelling reason. Or uh, she's been good to my state, transferring funds to my state, um, you know, being kind to us. 
which I think is actually the job, one of the jobs of the RNC. So any chair would do that or be supportive of races or candidates. Uh, but the, but but overall, there's a lack of concern about the overall results. Uh, there there seems to be almost um, really a lack of desire to win, and uh, and maybe people are burnt out from COVID or whatever it is. But I I am here to win elections. That's why I donate my time to be at the RNC. I am not here to be appointed to a committee that particularly interests me. I I, I do my own work outside the RNC. I'm not here to you know, go to fancy receptions or cocktail parties or take pictures with United States senators. I, I you know, it's not it's not really a high on my list of, you know, life goals. And, um, you know, I, I want to just have a better life. I want to not pay seven dollars for gas. I want to be able to buy a home without, you know, getting sticker shock and feeling like I can't do it. I want my border to be closed so that only people we want to come into this country come here. And I don't want to feel at risk of, uh, you know, sort of being the victim in, in a sort of gang killing here in, in the city that I live in. These are seem to be a little concern to some of our members. And so that's what I'm up against. Now, that said, there are many members who are very happy to hear a different vision about the future of the RNC. And, and I'm focusing on the future, not the past. There are many members who agree with me, and they did agree to support the current leadership because there was no alternative, and they're open to change. And in fact, many of them have changed their views gladly in short calls. But I'm having long calls with some people. They have philosophical differences about different issues. We talk about them. And I will say the chair is fighting very hard to maintain her position, which is, uh, as you mentioned, Lou, is kind of interesting when you you haven't performed the way that uh, the, the voters, your constituents expect you to, and yet there seems to be a sense of entitlement that I've done a good job and I, I deserve this. So she has basically every employee, senior employee at the RNC is working on the campaign. There are outside consulting firms working on this campaign. There are hit pieces being peddled throughout DC about me, uh, and, and, and she is fighting very hard to maintain this position. So I think there are many things that are wrong with the RNC, including the use of its resources for the personal benefit of staff and, and others there. And I, I, those are some things that I would change. So you can imagine the people doing that don't want to see a change. Yeah, I, I, that's a, a disruptor is never, never welcome. And it's also a, a clear sign that you're the right person for the job. Uh, let, let's talk about I, I want to just say one thing very quickly in talking with Ronna McDaniel seeking assurance on what she was doing in the ground game this this year. Uh, I, I got back much of what you just talked about. Uh, well, we've knocked on more uh, doors. We've rung more bells. We've handed out more pieces of paper. Uh, I didn't get a single solitary uh, original thought from the RNC whatsoever. Uh, and when you talk to the DNC, you're talking about a, a, a mad, manic, uh, focused, and driven organization at winning. Uh, do they go too far? Most certainly. Uh, they lie, they cheat, and they steal. Uh, but uh, the fact is, the Republicans cannot continue with this kind of leadership. Uh, it's, it's sickening. Uh, it is just wrong. Uh, and the, that people believe they should be in that position after failing uh, is completely mindless and get support for it is even more mindless. Uh, so I want to turn to what you will, what are your top two or three priorities uh, as chair to lead the RNC? Well, 
thank you. There are a few, and one of them is one I've been talking about all the years I've been there, and that is election integrity. We should have been fighting back much harder on Democrats' advances to decrease voter ID laws and you know expand the dates of voting and loosen the restrictions for showing up um, and you know accountability, signature matching, you name it. That has not been a priority at the RNC for the first four years of the current chair's tenure. I will give her credit for making it a higher priority in the last two years. But it remains the case that for some of the election litigation that I do, uh, there's no budget for it. And so I have to find donors outside the party, donors who stopped giving to the party to fund it. And I've been able to do that. And there's only, unfortunately, so many lawyers in the country who even do election litigation because of the left and uh, their attacks on those lawyers. And secondly, the lack of funding. So that's a real problem. We don't have a bench in that regard. And the Democrats have a very deep bench. Fundraising. I think we have very high costs of fundraising at the RNC. They're as high as 40% for some of the types of fundraising that we do. Whoa. And it's, that's insane. Like one of my, you know, kitchen cabinet really is, uh, you know, some folks at Turning Point USA. I'm good friends with Charlie Kirk and, and um, you know, the other leadership over there. And I asked them as I started this race, hey, what does it cost you guys? You raised $100 million last year. What does it cost? Oh, under, you know, 7%. And so I, I'm thinking, as a, I'm, a, I'm a business owner, I'm thinking, why can't I get those rates at the RNC? What's going on? I mean, of course, it's a different kind of organization, but you're talking about multiples. And that means there's a lot of fat and waste and consultants, fundraising consultants getting rich uh, without constant commensurate benefit to Republican candidates and voters. The, the organization is very top down. Uh, again, this has to do with the consultant culture which sells products or apps or data or what have you. And it is one size fits all. And you get a, you get a, I would say a cozy cronyist consulting relationship that nets you millions. And then the RNC forces it on state parties. I think that's wrong. Uh, I think the way that we do small dollar fundraising at, with WinRed is, is needs to change. Some of the messages I believe are not, you know, straightforward. Uh, they're even abusive of our donors. I do not think that's right. And I don't think, you know, there are some other mechanical issues of how state parties use it and benefit from it and don't benefit from it that need to change. They haven't changed in the six years at the RNC. And now WinRed was, I think, started in 2019. But in those years since then, the, 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 the party has not been responsive to state chairs on those issues. Um, other issues include messaging. The messaging has not been good. We pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to fancy consultants for messaging, you know them, they're prominent talking heads on television, including Fox News. And the messaging is poor. Uh, the social media is poor. Our ability to communicate with younger voters is non-existent. We do not use young ambassadors and influencers. These are the people who other young people speak with and, and we're just not breaking through and even thinking about it or talking about it. I think we need better communicators at the RNC. I, I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good communicator and a good representative of conservative values. We need to not be afraid to stand behind our values. I think, uh, you know, current leadership runs from those values. Maybe that's because consultants tell them that, you know, Dobbs or other important life issues make, make them uncomfortable or make voters uncomfortable. We have a charter. We have a party platform. We, we should be prepared to defend it, uh, you know, when it comes up. And we should be prepared to support uh, candidates and, and, and support and communicate to our voters that we're going to honor our commitments. And I think that's very important, too. To those points, how will 
how will you handle the civil war in the Republican Party? Because it is it is now that uh, between the Trump uh, America first MAGA Republicans and the Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, uh, Ronna McDaniel, rhino Republicans, uh, establishment Republicans who are really uh, simply collaborating with the Marxist Dems. That's such an interesting question, Lou, uh, because it's been a frustration during this race, quite frankly. I mean, first of all, the chairman of the Republican National Committee and the National Committee itself should be neutral in a in a presidential primary. That's part of our rules. But I'm a I'm a Trump. I came into the RNC under the Trump era, and I'm an America First American, and that the wing you're talking about, the, the warmonger, chamber of commerce wing of the party, the the omnibus bill wing that just gave, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in this bill to uh, the FBI, which has been shown on social and national media to be absolutely corrupt and, and you know, puppeteering our corporations and, and suppressing our speech. The idea that Republicans would say, yes, let's definitely expand that. Let's have some more IRS agents, let's just go along with all of this is outrageous. And yet, even President Trump has is, is been, you know, frankly, supportive of some of that leadership. So I don't know what to do with that. But I know that I have to do what's right for my conscience, which is say, no, this is not what I'm here for. I am not here to sit by idly and smile and have a cocktail while Republican leaders flush our country down the toilet. I'm not willing to do that. I have to stand up. That's my, what my conscience tells me. So I'm trying to chart that course where I stay true to my values. I'm, I'm not trying to do it. I am doing it. And um, and hopefully the, 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 the voters will agree. Now, the voters are not American voters. They're the 168 members of the Republican National Committee. If they've been there for two decades and three decades, they're part of that older wing of the party. And I don't mean old in age. I mean old in thinking. And uh, they're happy with it. And they have, frankly, some of the messages I received back as to responses from my fellow members, when voters contact them, are absolutely contemptuous of our voters. They call them low information bitchers. They call them, you know, people who don't know how a, what the Republican Party does or how it works. No, we know. We know what it does and what it's not doing. We know it very well. And so I'm one of those grassroots voters who came into the party because of the promise of the party. I'm an immigrant. My parents came here for these values. They registered as Republicans. And it is sad to see basically virtually no difference between the two parties in policies that they're advocating right now in D.C. As we speak, uh, social policies that are not relevant to the base and not even legal or important issues in the country anymore, uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is mind blowing. And so while, while they're fiddling and playing with lobbyists and not doing anything about big tech censorship, our country is burning. And so I feel strongly we need a change in leadership all across the board. Now, I can't vote for the House and the Senate leadership. I can only vote for the RNC leadership and run for it. And so that's the change I'm willing to make. And you're doing everything you can to do that, uh, which brings us to uh, what do you think your chances are and when will we know, uh, have a, some great clarity on who will be leading the RNC? Well, I like my chances from having no support because I hadn't run uh, a little over two weeks ago, I have a lot of support. Several dozen members of the RNC are supporting me. Uh, that is increasing on a regular basis. And what's really amazing, Lou, is there is a grassroots groundswell across the country like I haven't seen in many years. 
I mean, the thousands of people who have sent messages to each of their state's representatives. Some members don't like it. A lot of members do. And they're listening to them. Uh, state parties are calling meetings, special meetings of their executive committees to vote a vote of no confidence in the current leadership or, or to support me. That's very heartening. And some people are listening to that. Um, people are being persuaded by information that is being shared about mismanagement in the building. That's a matter of public record. Reporters are pointing it out and there's a lot of screaming and gnashing of teeth about it, but it's in the FEC reports, what, what, is, what money is being spent on in the building. And, um, and so I, I like my chances. There are five weeks mm -hmm. to go. Donors are calling me. Members of the House and the Senate are calling me. Voters are calling me. Members of the RNC are privately calling me and saying, I'd like to support you. It's a, it's a secret ballot, Lou, but I, uh, I'm going to keep my support private for now. That's the kind of horse trading you do see both in the House and you see it at the RNC. Sure. And, uh, and, and we are definitely, um, we are definitely on a path to victory. So I believe in God and I took guidance before I started down this path. I felt it was the right thing to do. I put my armor on, I am fighting and I will continue fighting until the bitter end. And if, if I am not graced with a victory, it will still be a victory because I will have exposed some of the things that need to be talked about in the party that we are politely papering over. And, and I will lay the groundwork for change in the future. But right now I'm focused on victory. Well, as you should be, and as uh, we all hope the, you achieve. Uh, I, I will say this, when you talked about uh, some of the elites within the RNC who would uh, talk about low information. Uh, uh, bitchers. <laughs> low information bitch. I was trying to figure out a way, a, a, a politer word. There's no polite word. way to say that. It's contempt low, for voters. Low information bitchers. I, I would like just to say to those elites, uh, those low information bitchers you're talking about are exactly the people you should be listening to. And the fact that you're not means that to each and every one of you in the RNC who is in that position, you're nothing more than low uh uh, you know, low I, members of a low IQ orthodoxy, that is the problem. Uh, and that's what, uh, Harmeet, we hope you can break through uh, and lead the party to great success. I know that you will, uh, given the chance. Harmeet, uh, we thank you. We always give our, our guests the last word. Uh, your concluding thoughts, if you will. My concluding thoughts are that if any of the people listening to this are Republicans who want to see change, Yes, they can contact the three members of the RNC politely, but more importantly, if they're active in their party and they can call for a vote of their state party or executive committee on who should be the next chair of the RNC, that is the most uh, powerful message that can be sent. And I appreciate everybody's support. And people can find me at at P-N-J-A-B-A-N on social media. And my campaign website with a lot of information about me is D-H-I-L-L-O-N-F-O-R-R-N-C.com. Thank you very much, Lou, for this opportunity. Thank you, Harmeet, and uh, God bless you. God bless you too, Lou. Harmeet Dillon, running for chair of the Republican National Committee. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Please follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. That's at Lou Dobbs on Twitter and Truth Social. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. Happy New Year, and God bless you, and may God bless America.